Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hub World Podcast. Today's episode will have us covering the 2D platforming essentials. My name is Jules, and today I am joined by Matteo and Gino. Whether you're joining us from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to like and subscribe. Actually, before we get the discussion going, why don't I introduce you to this game type or reintroduce you to this game type? Um, so if you are a longtime listener, you will remember that last year we had a wonderful series called the Console Essentials, where we looked at various Nintendo consoles and we debated what the essential games were. And what we would do is we would create a nomination list and then we would try to break that down to um, an essentials list and kind of have that discussion. It was very successful. Um, we've been shopping around the idea of doing something similar and bringing it back, and we landed on the idea of doing gaming genre essentials. So essentially, we're going to take a gaming genre or a subgenre of gaming, um, and we're going to share some of our favorite games and some of the best games um, we think belong in that category. Same kind of thing, make a little nomination list, and then we're going to break it down to a number of essentials. Now, unlike our console essentials, the number won't always be five. It may be different depending on the genre. Um, but for today, we are doing 2D platformers, um, specifically non-Metroidvania 2D platformers. Um, we are intending to do a Metroidvania and a 3D platformer genre essentials in the future. But today, we are just focusing on 2D platformers. And we are going to debate it down to five essentials. So we're going to get that discussion started. Are you ready? Let's do it. Would anybody like to begin? Yes, I would. I would like to nominate Hero Klungo Saves to Universe. <laughs> <laughs> that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful nomination. Uh, I don't know. Can we consider it? No, can we, no, we can't. It's, it's a mini game in Nuts and Bolts. I just thought of it right now, and I'm like, you know what? This, is, this would be a great way to have a little bit of fun right at the beginning here. Get some people that, laughing, get the energy going, and just having a good time. If I'm being honest, though, Gino, that is the most honorable of mentions. I guess I'll start with my first pick. Like, I'm sort of, like, getting out of the a dark age of platforming for me, where, like, I just could not look at a 2D platformer for almost almost a decade, really. Uh, in like the Wii U generation, I'd say from like 2014 to like realistically last year, I just could not play th 2D platformers. I just felt like there were just so many that came out within a certain period of time. I bought a whole bunch. I never played. Cough, cough, new Super Mario Bros. It, well, I kind of attribute it to that. But the last real 2D platformer I played and I thoroughly enjoyed from beginning to end was I think 2013 to 2014. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I played the Wii U version with Riley, and we played that game in one sitting from beginning to end. It was such a blast. Like, I remember even playing it at Best Buy when Nintendo did their Wii U demos where they had all those games. And we played Tropical Freeze then, and we're like, we had so much fun. He said, when this game comes out, we're going to marathon it. And we did. And I think for my money, it's the best Donkey Kong Country game from a level design perspective. David Wise came back to do the soundtrack and he was like, he's one of Rare's legendary composers and he did not skip a beat for Tropical Freeze. I just, and also like, I love the, the winter aesthetic. You have four playable characters with DK, Diddy, Dixie and Cranky. And then 
later on you have funky and the switch version which i want to pick up eventually because i haven't really played tropical freeze since a lot of donkey kong country games tend to be on the more difficult side and at least in my opinion tropical freeze didn't seem that way uh maybe because i was doing multiplayer for the entire time i don't know but there's just so much fantasticness crammed into tropical freeze and it's a beautiful game like it still holds up visually to this day and it's a shame that it's their last donkey kong country game that's been released i really hope that more come out in the future uh there's rumors another one might but yeah tropical freeze for now i'm going to put as my first nomination arguably my favorite 2d platformer of all time yeah very very good nomination yeah i i kind of echo a lot of what you said um and just I, I, the one thing I will disagree with you on, I think that game is real tough. I don't think that game is easy, and I think it's harder on multiplayer. I forgot to mention Wood Kong, the greatest Kong of alls in that yes, game. Yes, Wood Kong. Wood Kong. I'll throw up a picture um, of Wood Kong right here if I can find. Yeah, Wood Kong's a Wood Kong is a good one. Okay, I, I'm. I'll give a nomination. So, I mean, there's a couple series here that I think we're gonna get multiple games mentioned in the series because they're stronger 2D platformer series. Um, and I think Don Kong could potentially be one of those. However, I do want to shift gears to a series that I think only has one option for nomination, and that option is a incredibly great game. Um, and I actually think this is one of the most classic and brilliant platformers of all time, and that is Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. I, I have nothing but incredible things to say about the original Yoshi game. Um, they have never hit that fight again. Like, the other Yoshi platformers are great. Like, Woolly World is good. Crafted Shout out World Woolly is World. good. They're good games. But the original Yoshi's Island is just incredible. It is perfect. It is such a strong platformer. Aesthetically, very, very cute. Like, it's the first time we really got to see, like, Yoshi's, like, full personality. And I, I yeah, that's all I, I can really say about it, is just, like, great boss battles, fantastic level design, a, a ton of, like, world diversity. And then, like, the bonus games were fun. There was lots to collect. There was lots to accomplish in each world. Very strong game. I think I'll I'll go for one of them also. Kind of staying in and around the the Mario universe. I know this is another oldie. Jules nominated Super Mario uh, World Two. I'm gonna go out and just nominate Super Mario World One, the the first one there. I want to say that was like one of the earliest games that I have memories with. Mm-hmm. Super Mario World is one of those tentpole kind of games, really pushing that I want to say the 2D platforming genre back in the early days without that you wouldn't have had the sequels you wouldn't have had any other uh types of platformers at least in my opinion just be it's just simple run jump and you get like some basic power-ups yes you can uh you get the super cape which really put the super in mario world and just it's where we got to play as yoshi for the first time that was a feature that wasn't uh really able to be had back in the original uh mario brothers and running around finding out like okay you can go into the star world and they're like so you can then play the entire play through the entire game and not even know that that is that stuff is there there was the hidden power-up world behind the the donut planes ghost house and like for a younger kid that was like oh my god i can go here and like stock up get all my power-ups and then i can go and play the level any which way i want and it was just it was just 
a nice little quality of life thing. I have just a lot of fond memories. Even like secret exits and stuff to levels and things. Like mm-hmm. you, there's always something to do. Yep, boo houses. Yep. Or or ghost houses, I guess. Those are like my favorite levels in 2D Mario games. Yeah, they and are. And the really soundtrack awesome. is next level in Super Mario World yeah. as well. Like interconnected map too, like mm-hmm. It's a strong game, and honestly, do you know I'm glad you mentioned it because there was a long time where I believed Super Mario Bros. Three was the peak, and I have since shifted my perception. And I do think Super Mario World is Mario at its best, and yeah. I agree with you. And even when they re-released it in Super Mario All Stars, they added a brand new sprite for Luigi that made him a little bit taller and distinct from Mario. I think that was like one of the first times where Luigi's actually was physically different because it, or, or just being. Outside of just being a reskin, it was Super Mario All Stars plus Super Mario World was the yeah the that's the one I'm, that's the one I'm talking about. But I feel like we also have to nominate Super Mario Bros. Three just out of like obligation, almost like I have so many wonderful memories playing that game with my cousin growing up. That was the first Mario game or first plat two D platformer in my like to my memory that had a world map. Tanuki Mario, Frog Mario. Karibo shoe, like all these fantastic, like iconic things in Mario came from that game. The Angry Sun, the Koopalings first appeared in that game, with the Koopa Clown Car first appeared in that game. All these amazing uh level themes. Like you had the desert, you had clouds, you had airships, you had like all these things, like and it was still running on the same machine that ran Super Mario Bros. Like mm-hmm. Super Mario Bros. 3 pushed the NES to its limits. The whole, like, theater aesthetic is fantastic. I love the sub-games with all the cards and things like that. Like, Toad's House was rigged. Yeah, the warp whistle. Mm-hmm. Like, so many pieces of the Mario franchise originated in Mario 3. Like, just as many in 3 uh, and in World. Like, I th- think mm-hmm. those games are so equal. And it just yeah, come down I, to preference. But, like, it's such a monumental game in Nintendo's history, in the history of the genre, in the history of the industry, uh, mm-hmm. and in just in my gaming history as well. We'll throw them both on the short list. I, I, I definitely have thoughts of 3 versus World, but I will save that for when we are deliberating. Yeah. But you are right. Like, 3 is a, a staple game. It, it is one of the... Um, first games with a world map, and it it's a really strong platformer. Dang, three um, games in, and we have two Mario games already, and I know there's at least room for two yeah. more. We have technically three Mario games. I mean, I actually disagree with that. I I only think these two deserve to be on this list, but really? I will I will be nominating a game now because we've just done four Nintendo games. So let's let's take a break. I will be nominating Mario's Greatest Enemy. Sonic. <laughs> I wouldn't say greatest enemy. Greatest enemy turned friend now, but at least during this time, like where I believe was, well, I guess for Sonic it's different. Anyway, yeah, Sega, Sega v Nintendo. I digress. Sonic has uh, just as much of an impact um, as a two D platformer as Mario does. I've already said this in previous podcasts. I I do really think that there's two games from Sonic that you could nominate, and I do think that they are very equal, and I do think it comes down to preference, but my preference is Sonic Mania. I do think Sonic Mania is the best 2D 
platformer in Sonic's gaming library. I also think that it is the best representation of the series as a whole with all of its highs packed right into one package. So I will be nominating Sonic Mania for that reason. And it's just honestly, it's such a refreshing game. In in this era, like Mateo said, of like kind of 2D platformer resurgence, there were a lot of middling games and Sonic Mania was one of those ones that was such a high because it really captured a classic era and not only captured it but built on it and that's what I appreciate about Sonic Mania as a game yeah I have Sonic Mania on my short list as well as like if I had to pick one Sonic game it would be Sonic Mania the fact that that game was made by fans as well like it almost seemed like Sega kind of didn't really believe in that game to put their teams on it so they hired outsiders to make it and it's arguably the best i don't actually yeah it's not arguably it's the best 2d sonic game is just that's honestly the best part in my opinion and i love how they brought back forgotten sonic characters like the sonic the fighters uh ocs like i don't think sega would have done that if they had made the game and like this this creativity and like studiopolis zone is fantastic like the bosses are not too difficult, not too easy. It's just a happy medium for a lot of critical pieces of design for Sonic games. They just nailed it. And I really wish they had made, like that team had made a sequel. But we got Sonic Superstars. I haven't played it yet, but uh, I can't see it being anywhere near as good as Sonic Mania. So I would have thought that Sonic uh, 3 and Knuckles would have been on there. I know Mania is good and all, but like, I don't know. There's something about like the OG games that like had a specific kind of like charm and stuff. Yes, they may not have aged as well, but I don't know. Then again, like I I didn't play it, so I can't really go out and nominate a Sonic game. Like, I mean, I can tell you right now, like this is this is a really good time to like differentiate if we're not going to nominate it. But I can tell you from my perspective, Gino, the reason I didn't put Sonic Three and Knuckles, even though I think it's equal. I think Sonic Mania and Sonic 3 and Knuckles are just as good as each other, but I think the reason I chose Sonic Mania is because Sonic Mania has the best parts of Sonic 3 and Knuckles in it, plus the best parts of Sonic 2, Sonic 1, and a ton of cool original stuff, and that's why I would say Sonic Mania is better, because it it does take the best parts of the previous games, and builds its own stuff and builds upon it and that's why i prefer sonic mania because it is kind of an anniversary game so that that's me like i think sonic 3 and knuckles while it has tons of highs does have a few zones that are a little low whereas sonic mania i don't think has any low zones i can accept that yeah like again like this is also coming from me who like the most amount of time in a 2d sonic game i played was probably sonic advance and that's no probably nowhere near on anyone's radar as good as those games are uh, I don't think they would be... Uh, oh, yeah, they, they don't hold a candle yeah. to any of the other ones. They need to be re-released. Mm-hmm. They are good games. They're, they are strong games. Does anybody have another nomination? I'd like to nominate one, and this is just purely based off of my enjoyment of this game with uh, with you guys, is certainly, uh, Kirby Return to Dreamland, and um, what's the one with the, the three elemental girls, or whatever they were, like the lightning one, the uh, blizzard like Kirby one. Kirby Star Allies? Would, th- would those count? For this, because like I know, yes, absolutely. Those those are absolutely uh, 2D platformers. I I would agree. I actually do have Return to Dreamland on my shortlist as well. And just for the sake of discussion, I think we should bump it up to Return to Dreamland Deluxe because that is the best version of that game. Yeah, they added the two new copy abilities. They added this beautiful art style, and they added the Megalore bonus epilogue. Like it's the best version of 
the best Kirby game. Yeah, and I'm going to say Return to Dreamland also. I was getting them confused in my head for just because like we played both of them. I think when we were playing Return to Dreamland, Jules, we were at your place and like we were just having just so much fun with uh, just doing s- silly little voices for each of the characters. It was just good fun and great couch co-op. The great uh, the game was great. It was not too difficult, not too hard. But in classic Kirby fashion, like going back and doing the more like end gamey kind of activities, going for the 100% did prove a challenge. And it was like, I, I believe like in the, ori- like the OG Hub World videos when we were talking about like the Kirby bosses and things like that. It was like one of our like early videos. It performed well. Like Kirby has a big storied like connection to our group of friends because that yeah Kirby Return to Dreamland was one of the first games we we played all through together and what I've always appreciated about Kirby Return to Dreamland as well because it is my favorite Kirby game as well which is why I pushed us all to play it I had already played it and I remember hunting that game down because it was hard to find but what I always appreciate about that game and why I'll always like it better than like say Star Allies is that the hard mode is hard. It's hard. It's one of the few Kirby games that actually has an authentically difficult version of it. And that's what we played together. And And Kirby is fantastic as a game that you could just chill and have fun with. And that's what I appreciate about the series. But what I loved about Kirby Return to Dreamland was like, I got that chill experience. And then I got this like, this like painful, difficult experience with it. And I loved it. I, I love that you could have it both ways. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't really call it like painful because like Kirby games aren't like, okay, they're not like Dark Souls level difficult, but like for a 2D platformer, that's like a fun, cutesy Nintendo game. Yes, I would say. I mean, I don't know if you remember how many times we died, but that was a tough game. I don't remember it being overly difficult. I just remember like all the fun that we were having with it and just like those silly moments and stuff. But we did die quite a bit. Maybe not like, yeah, yeah. yeah you're not like yeah. Dark Souls level, but, but we definitely, it was a challenge at least. And challenge yeah. is always nice. Yeah. So I'll nominate another challenging game. Some may say it it could be impossible. This game is impossible in my eyes. Uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. A game that seemingly came out of nowhere and immediately became one of my most anticipated games of... I believe it was 2019 is when it came out. And the first Ukulele is a mixed bag to most people. I really enjoyed that game for what it was. I'm a massive Banjo-Kazooie fan, and this is Platonic's second outing, and I think without a doubt, like, this game is better than the original ukulele. I know it's a different genre, but, like, I think this is the type of quality we should expect from Platonic going forward, because the core of that studio made Banjo-Kazooie, but the Banjo-Kazooie team also was the Donkey Kong Country team. So these guys worked on Donkey Kong Country as well, and that's the type of platformer that Ukulele and the Possible Lair is. Very similar to Donkey Kong Country with the abilities that Ukulele have. The music is also done by David Wise, who worked on Donkey Kong Country, and Grant Kirkhope, who is most famous for doing Banjo-Kazooie. The world map is incredible in Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, basically having 3D puzzles, and all these interactive things that just really enhance the experience. And I think, in my opinion, it's the best world map in any 2D platformer to this day. And I think that even includes Mario Wonder, which has a very good one as well. Yeah. And then the impossible lair itself, like, it's the first thing you do in the game. It's technically possible to beat it with the one hit point you have. But as you go through each level, you collect bees. 
and those bees count as hit points that can help you tackle the impossible lair. And you can do that whenever you want throughout the game again. But I beat that game. I got all the bees. I got all the collectibles. I just got, I just could not beat the impossible lair, even with all the hit points that I had. And <laughs> that's something to this day that still haunts me. But I love this game to death. I bought it again for Switch because the Switch version or or just a physical copy of this game is kind of tough to find these days. And I really want to play it again. And I just hope that Platonic releases whatever they're working on next for ukulele mm. soon because this game that. just really, really, really quenched the thirst that I didn't think I had for these types of like Donkey Kong Country-esque platformers. And I just want them... I want to see what they could do next, both in 3D and in 2D. Yeah, I had this game on my list as well. Like, this is a, a very, like, out of nowhere, nobody asked for this platformer that, like, was incredibly impressive. I remember uh, watching Mateo just getting so mad whenever he would attempt the impossible layers. Like, it's literally the last thing I have to do. Why can't it happen? It's the only achievement it I don't have is beating it. Like, I have everything well, else in that game. One day you gotta go back and beat it. I will um, throw in another recommendation, or another nomination. Another very challenging game in a, cha- a somewhat challenging platforming series, but no nomination list when we're talking about 2D platformers would be complete without the presence of Mega Man. And I am personally a Mega Man 3 fan, although um, there are a lot, like, you could pretty much nominate like at least half of the Mega Man games as the representative. I personally connect most with Mega Man 3. It is my favorite game. Um, has the strongest platforming, in my opinion. Although, if I'm being honest, I have exclusively played Mega Man games in a collection, which means I played them one after another, so they all kind of meld together. So I can't tell you specifically why I'm choosing Mega Man 3 over the other ones, because in my mind... They're all kind of melded together, but I do know that this is the one I've played the most. It is also the first one I played. Um, I, I'm also most impressed by this one, so Mega Man 3 is my nomination to represent Mega Man, which, in my opinion, is one of the best platformers. It's very much precision platforming a lot of the time. It's quite punishing at times as well, but it also has strong combat, right, which you don't always get from platformers um and i think that's something that Mega Man kind of has over things like sonic and mario where the um combat is jump three on things three times and they die or in sonic's case jump spin jump at things like six times and then they die so Mega Man three the whole Mega Man series like everything Mega Man, Mega Man x like basically everything except battle network is like the biggest blind spot in my 2d platforming uh i mean we we did play Mega Man one for a bit and i just when i was younger i was just like this is too difficult i'm not gonna bother and then i didn't Mega Man one is very difficult i'll just say Mega Man two and three are a bit more forgiving but Mega Man one is quite difficult what about Mega Man X, though? I, I do like Mega Man X. Um, I've only played the first three Mega Man X games. I personally am not going to nominate Mega Man X because I haven't played them enough. And I also just, again, like this this kind of goes just with my personal opinion. I prefer Mega Man, like base Mega Man, because I find that base Mega Man is more focused on platforming, whereas Mega Man X is is still it's focused on platforming but there's more combat because the combat system is much deeper 
Um, but but for me, I, I prefer base Mega Man in the platforming because it's a, it's a simple platformer, and I, I feel like Mega Man X gets a little complicated, and and that's just my personal preference. I don't think Mega Man X is in any way worse. Like many people would likely say that Mega Man X or a Mega Man X game is better than all of Mega Man, like the base series. Mm-hmm. But I, I personally prefer the base series. Um, I would like to go out and nominate another Kirby game. Uh, this is one that actually that I played single player. It was for the DS, if I remember correctly, and that is Kirby Squeak Squad. Great music, great abilities, and just a whole lot of fun and character. I loved the Squeaks as enemies and how they would kind of like chase after you, and Kirby had to go and upgrade abilities and get scrolls and things. Just all around great game. I only have one more, and this one is another sort of game that came out of the blue for me, and it had a really weird development history because... Rayman Legends was supposed to be a Wii U exclusive game, and we all know how the Wii U turned out. <laughs> Ubisoft got cold feet and decided to make that game multi-platform. And as a weird Nintendo fan in 2013, I'm like, you know what? Screw Ubisoft. I'm not buying this game. And then actually that turned out to be a good decision on my part because I got it for free as a game with gold. And that's how I played it on my Xbox One. I believe it was one of the first games with gold that came out. For Xbox One, maybe 2014, 2013, I want to say, which actually probably is the year it came out. But uh, yeah, I just went into this game with no expectations, and I later have gone, like I've I've gone on and played Rayman Origins, but I just find that Rayman Legends is just by far the better of the two games, and not for like anything it does uniquely. I just think that the stuff that it does is just like it's just slightly better than Rayman Origins and it just compounds right like I love the music levels I love the uh yeah uh, what's his name what's the frog guy's name Globox right. no not Globox no the other guy uh he was Oh the green the green guy the not yeah. the, not the blue guy Yeah I couldn't imagine playing that game on Wii U that must have been so annoying having him there I I'm forgetting on his name but like just having I know you're talking about Murphy yeah. Murphy, Murphy Murphy as a button instead of like touch controls that is a godsend and then just it's how the animation in that game and the just the art style that they chose like it's a real shame that there hasn't been another Rayman game I think since since that like a non rabbit yeah. game because I think this is one of the most criminally underrated 2D platformers of all time. Like, I, every time I see a list of, like, best plot 2D platformers, I rarely see Rayman even mentioned. And, like, Rayman really? Legends is just so, so good. That's shocking to me, because when we decided to do this list, one of the first games that came to my mind was Rayman Legends. Mm-hmm. Like, literally one of the first games. I think it's one of the most stellar platform, Like... Because that's the thing is I, I break up platformers into two very different categories. There's ones that are fun because they're fun and they're like well designed, and there's ones that are that are in my opinion great because they offer a lot of challenge and they like push the genre in a technical area. And I think Rayman Legends is one of the best of the the prior one that I said. It's one of the best mm-hmm. ones that's like there for fun and like yeah, there's some challenge. It's not it's not a cakewalk like a Kirby game, and it's not maybe as like tough as like a Mega Man game but it, fi- it finds a striking balance of being fun, cool, wacky that is challenging enough that it doesn't feel like unearned but it's 
not difficult enough where you feel like frustrated like it's a very good balance of like you're gonna die a few times throughout the levels maybe do a few platforming challenges a few times and one of the things i really love about it is and I, I'm surprised other 2D platformers haven't taken this from Rayman Legends. I think is one of the most brilliant things, is because a lot of 2D platformers have kind of taken on the the collectibles route of like having a collectible that's used as a currency to get like extra stuff. However, what I love about Rayman Legends is that when you get one of those collectibles, you have to be on solid ground for like three to five seconds before you actually earn it. So you can't do something like in Mario where you just, like, suicide to get it, and then it just respawns you and you got it. Like, you have to, like, not only... You have to complete the platforming challenge. You have to have, like, done the platforming challenge to get the big coin, and then successfully gotten to safety in order for for you to keep it. Whereas I feel like a lot of other 2D platformers don't do that. They just... They allow you to, like, basically just sacrifice a life to get the collectible. And I I hate that, because to me, the transaction feels shallow. Yeah, because then you're not ma- actually mastering the content. You're just cheesing it. It's like even yeah. in Mario Wonder, Mateo and I, we played the entire game, save for the last level in co-op, like the final, final level. And um, there were points where like I would hit the flagpole and Mateo was dead, but I didn't get the top of the flagpole. So he would fly into me and then get that free jump boost and then hit the top of the flagpole. And then we wouldn't have to redo the level to get top of the flagpole. Yeah. See, I, like, I, I understand why it's there, but, like, I appreciate Rayman Legends for, like, pushing you to, like, actually try the yeah. platforming challenges, you know? Yeah, that's my last nomination. I'd like to take a, a crack at why people don't recognize it nearly as much, and I think it's because of the Wii U curse, right? Because a lot of the marketing material and stuff for that game was, like, oh, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, and then Wii U was not good. So people didn't give it a chance. It also just came out in a time where that just wasn't a desirable genre and it was really before the big like indie platform 2d platformer boom that came in that gen like just slightly after rayman legends came out i think i know there's a game that jules is going to mention that hasn't been said yet i have four potential games to mention i'm probably only going to mention three uh because i don't want to just yeah i don't want to fill up this list with games that only i've played however there are three that i think are worth mentioning so if if that's okay, if I could just mention all three, because I think they should be at least be mentioned for the short list. If you know anything about me, like if you've listened to our previous podcast, you definitely know what one of them is. Um, but I'm going to start with the one that you probably don't know, which is Braid. Braid is an exceptional 2D platformer. Um, it came out during the 360 PS3 era. I believe I it, it may have. Yeah, I think it might have been exclusive to Xbox Live Arcade. Now this game is incredible. It is incredible as a platformer. It is, it's a puzzle platformer in the sense that it is so that the whole concept of the game is time. Um, so a lot of the t- platforming is around like doing a platforming challenge, but also like reversing time or speeding time up in order to make your platforming like fit with other platformers. You're almost like creating doppelgangers of yourself to complete like a challenge um so it's it's really exceptional and it also has like this incredible commentary as well because there's kind of like a story that you piece together throughout it and it's very art like artsy in that kind of way but the the actual gameplay is phenomenal if you haven't played it i highly recommend this one because it's not challenging 
in the in like a precision way. Like anybody could beat Braid if you if you stick with it and you try, and it'll feel satisfying. And it's really really great. It's not too long of a game either. So really great game. The second one I want to throw on here. Um, these next two are actually what I think to be two of the the best platformers of all time. Um, the first one is Shovel Knight. Yep, there it is. Um, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove um, is well. Shovel Knight Treasure Trove is kind of being a cop out because it includes like four campaigns. Um, but even if we only look at the base campaign, to me, Shovel Knight is what Sonic Mania is, but to Mega Man, like in a way, Shovel Knight is like this love letter to classic platformers like Mega Man, and it's just oh, it's so incredible. The soundtrack, the gameplay, the boss battles, like. It, and and like it, it is again like one of those games where it finds this nice balance like Rayman Legends where it's not too challenging but it also isn't a cakewalk like you are going to have to try pretty hard and there is a big combat element in there there's a sense of progression there's light 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 RPG elements and then if you play the other campaigns as well there's different focuses on different types of platforming like Specter Knight's campaign is very much about like wall jumping and um and King Knight's campaign is very much about like jumping on top of like like uh, what's the right the right way to describe it? It's almost like if you're you're like bouncing off of thing to thing to thing to thing before you can land. Um, so there's a there's a lot of variety within the platforming if you play the entire game, um, and it's a it's a really incredible game um, just from all senses of the word. And then the last one is the one where, again, I think that it's one of the best platformers of all time. But this one is definitely acquired taste because it is highly precision platforming. And that's Celeste, which is an incredible, incredible, like technically wonderful game that really pushes every single boundary of precision platforming. It It takes that concept that Super Meat Boy created about like, taking like like creating a level that's a bunch of small platforming challenges lined up with each other so it's never like a full level you never have to restart a full level there's no focus on like if i lose all these lives i i have to restart a whole section there's nothing like that it's just little sections little crazy hard platforming sections and then when you finish each world it says here's how many times you died and so it's more of a like you're you're just challenging yourself and you're just improving and getting better. And I love platformers like that that are that are all about just learning what the exact moment to hit the button and do the right thing is in each part of the platform challenge. And it has a very touching story. Again, those are three fantastic games. I knew it wouldn't be a list of 2D platformers if Shovel Knight didn't appear somewhere, Jules. That is like your favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. Shovel Knight's incredible. I'm going to go back to it one day. Like, I only got to the second, I think it's the second world, or whatever you want to refer to it as in that game, in Shovel of Hope. But for whatever reason, like, that was, like, one of those games where it's, like, there was that, there was, like, two new Super Mario Bros. games, there was Tropical Freeze, there was uh, there was some Kirby games, there was Yoshi's Woolly World. Like, it's just so many 2D platformers, and I just noped out of most of them. Yeah. And so, honestly, like, even with, like, myself and 2D platformers, like, I don't consider myself a 2D platformer gamer just because, I don't know, it's just, it didn't really, like, vibe check. But I was surprised about, like, how many of them, like, oh, yeah, I know this one. This one was fun. Oh, yeah, I played that one. 
based off That's of what I was this, saying. Like, at least this list here. It's like it's it's one of those kind of like sleeper genres, I guess. It's like we play more of them than we think. There's a lot of like really, really good 2D platformers that like if we're done with our nominations that like I would just want to shout out quickly because like and I know that other people have played them and I know that they're supposed to be good. I just haven't. I want you to do that. But before you do that, can I address one thing? Because I think it's yep. important for us to address it. And I'm going to address it from my perspective first. And if you two want to address it, you can. I need to address the elephant Mario in the room, which is that Mario Wonder just came out and was anticipated to be potentially the greatest 2D Mario platformer of all time. And I just want to say, when I first started the game, that's what I was saying. That's what I told everybody. The reason I couldn't nominate it for this list is by the end of the game don't get me wrong incredible game fantastic so happy i played it i don't think it got any better from world one to world eight it was the same game all the way through to me there was no like i started it being like wow there's so much here i'm so excited to see how much is in this game and it turned out that they're actually like everything was kind of on the table from the beginning of the game. I disagree. I was a little disappointed in that sense, where I feel like the game didn't go as far as I wanted, and I felt like the game didn't impress me to the level of the classic Mario games. Still phenomenal, still loved the game, adored the game, really enjoyed some of the challenging levels, although I it turns out that one of the, the apparently really hard levels I... I didn't find hard, so I, I kind of missed out on that one. But you're just too good. Well, that's the thing is when you play games like Celeste and Super Meat Boy, things like like Mario Wonder aren't going to have much of a challenge for you. Um, so maybe that comes from my choice of 2D platformers and the kind of games I play. Um, also, the Mario Maker levels I make, which are harder than anything in fair. Mario Wonder. No, yeah. they're fair. they're precision platforming. But anyway, I just want to address that elephant Mario of the game is fantastic. It is new. It is fresh. But I, I personally just couldn't nominate it because I don't think it is the best representative of its series. I don't even think it's one of the two best. I think the yeah. two best are the ones we nominated. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I will say but the thing is, though, Mario Wonder is also still very, very, very new. And will we be having this, this same kind of sentiment on an, another playthrough, right? Like, I'm I'm assuming you played through it solo, Jules? I did the first two worlds with my roommate. So I experienced the multiplayer a bit. But then um, he was away. So I went back and I did the whole game by myself. Yeah, so Mateo and I did the entire game as two-player. And then we even, like, got our dad in. And we were doing, and that was just, that was just pure, like chaotic. There's just so many different things happening with everyone's like running around with power ups. People are constantly dying and being a little ghost floating around. And it was very, very, very fun. But there were like, I found myself kind of just like, oh, okay. Like when I was at that moment of, oh, okay, this isn't going to add anything newer, whatever. Right. And then we got a wonder flower and then suddenly we're running on the wall and it turns into a top-down 2D platform, uh, 2D kind of like isometric kind of like runaround maze. And I'm like, I was not expecting that. And then we got to another portion where like, oh, okay, you're a Goomba now. So this is strictly just, okay, run around and like make sure that you're not going to get squished or, or like you have one hit and you can't jump. And just like, I found like those moments, like 
happened and they were like almost like those kind of like wonderful Mario Wonder moments, I'll call them, happened at the right times. Like right when you were having like, oh, okay, this is just another Mario 2D Mario game where yada, 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 this something. And then something odd would happen. And then it was it was just enough for me, at least, to keep me. I'm like, you know what? There's still a lot of surprises here. It's very easily the best 2D Mario game since Mario World. But like I said, that's not really even like a competition. Mm-hmm. It's that by default, right? But for me, the only reason I'm not nominating it is because it's just so fresh in my mind. And I do want to keep, I want to go back and play it single player and see how I feel about it. Because I have issues with the way the camera works in multiplayer, how like it focuses on one person. And it, it's not like I wish the bubble system was like New Super Mario Bros, where there wasn't a timer on it. But I just want to see how that game is in single player, just so I have the full experience. But other than that, like I loved Mario Wonder. So yeah, we had a lot of fun. I don't anticipate myself thinking it's better than three or world, but at least it's somewhat able to be at the table with those two games, but it's still too early. Um, some honorable mentions. These aren't games that I've necessarily played, but they're ones that I know are like standout 2d platformers. Like I know the DuckTales, I guess DuckTales remastered is the newest one. I don't know if it's like any better or worse than the original DuckTales, but I know that is supposed to be a phenomenal game as well as the Lion King one is and Aladdin are like, they're very famous, especially Lion King is just famous for its difficulty, but there is a good game there. Uh, we hit a, a few of the Kirby games. So you really liked Robobot. Yeah. Robobot's good. Good because it's just so different from the other Kirby games. Nightmare in Dreamland is really good. I wanted to talk about Yoshi's Woolly World. I love Yoshi's Woolly World just because of how visually that game is incredible and those special levels are so tough in my so opinion. So good. Like, yeah, that's where the game like really takes off and just I loved collecting all the pieces of yarn to make new skins, scanning all my amiibos, mm-hmm. giving those a purpose. I know there was those Ninja Turtles platformers, but like those are fantastic games as well. Like I really want to try the Kawabunga collection because I hear so many good things about those uh, classic Ninja Turtle platformers. There's just the genre is so rich, especially there's yeah. like we've barely scraped the surface. Like we really have are like we're the prevalent genre of game in the NES and Super Nintendo era like arguably so like I don't think there'll ever be a way for us to like re- equally represent everything like as it should be yeah, but definitely not I'll, I'll give one more honorable mention before we go in which is the one I considered nominating and then just didn't which is Little Nightmares Little Nightmares 2 um which is like a horror kind of again like more puzzle platformy but mm-hmm. really great game if you haven't played the Little Nightmares game. Um, they just announced the third one a couple months ago, and it looks really good. It gives Coraline vibes if you've seen that movie or read that book. Alrighty, let's get into this. Let's deliberate. So we are going to deliberate recap. down to five. Yeah, sorry. So we can recap. We are going to cut this down to five, but we have 13 nominations right now. So we have Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World, Super Mario Bros. 3, Sonic Mania, Kirby Return to Dreamland, Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, Mega Man 3, Kirby Squeak Squad, Rayman Legends, Braid, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, and Celeste. So we're going to shave down the list now to five. Now, I personally think that um, there's an easy way to shave this down a little bit. And correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I think if we're representing this genre as a genre, that I don't think two games in one series should be on this list, like in the end at the final five. So I think because we have two Super Mario games and we have two Kirby games, it only makes sense to shave at least those down first and be like, okay, what's going to represent these series? At least to get it to then 11 and then we can go from there. I can give my votes right now. Super Mario World and I will say Kirby Return to Dreamland are the, the shoe-ins for me. Just because Super Mario World as a game, I at least feel is more visually... Uh, appealing it's more colorful it's on the super nintendo more powerful system better music in my opinion fuller world and just more more of an actualized setting in my opinion mm-hmm. and then for kirby return to dreamland not for anything it's just that i have better memories in that and i i like both of the those games it's just that the playing it multiplayer with you guys, the way that Nintendo wanted everyone to play that game in like a couch co-op setting was the way to do it. Yeah, I agree with with both of those picks. It really pains me to not really be able to p- have both Mario Three and Mario World because those are both like cream of the crop two D platformers. But if we're gonna do the one per series route, for sure, I would put Kirby's Return to Dreamland over Squeak Squad. And I would pick Mario World over Mario 3, but that's just painful to do so. Like, I would pick Mario 3 over the majority of the, the list that we have here. Yeah. Like, I also agree with Kirby. I, I actually don't think that that one's a competition at all. Kirby Return to Dreamland's better. But at least from my perspective, I don't think Super Mario Bros. 3 should be on this list. And the reason I, I personally think that is because even though both of these games are fantastic... If we're creating an essentials list to to identify this genre, I feel like a lot of the arguments that were brought up about Super Mario Bros. 3 were arguments of why it is this fundamental Mario game, but we're not arguing like a Mario list. We're arguing like a, a platforming list. And even though Super Mario Bros. 3 is still a stellar platformer, I think Super Mario World is everything Super Mario Bros. 3 is, but better. And in that sense, I'm I, it makes more sense for me looking at the diversity of this genre to say, okay, well, we'll let, let's put the one that, that has the exact same things, but more. That's a good way to look at it, I guess. Yeah, I think, like, again, I think if this was a Mario list, I, I do actually think, like, if this was a different context, I think I, I would even argue that Super Mario Bros. 3 might be better than World in certain capacities. Um, but I, I do think when we're arguing just about platformers, I think we do have to bring it down a little bit to like what is the technically like technically what is the best in gameplay wise and therefore i would i would probably say most of what super mario bros 3 has on super mario world is specifically about its impact on its series not so much its way that it's like held up as a 2d platform even though it has held up it's just it's the other game is the improvement like the the other game is the better version of it but are we all in agreement that Mario World has to be on the list like of the five? I would argue yes. I yep. agree. I think Super Mario World is a shoe-in. Pro- like, m- you cannot even mention 2D platformer as a genre without mentioning Super Mario. Like, it- And if this is the game that we've selected to represent this series as the peak of the series, it absolutely is one of the five essential 2D platformers. Yep. Yeah, so we are down to now... 10 remaining to fit into four slots, which is actually quite 
quite challenging. I will make this even more difficult by maybe suggesting that Kirby Return to Dreamland should be put on the list purely because it offers a diverse gameplay experience because it is more focused on multiplayer and having a good couch co-op scene. Most of these games, like for instance, even Super Mario World, in my opinion, has one flaw where, yes, it is a multiplayer game, but you have to wait for the other car- uh, the other player to uh, lose a life and then switch to the player two controller to then have your turn. You can keep playing level after level until you lose a life again, to which it switches turns. And I think your argument about multiplayer is very valid. And I think that's a very compelling argument. Here's my counter argument to this one. Mm-hmm. I agree that, like, again, we're representing the diversity of this genre. So, especially in modern 2D platformers, multiplayer is starting to become a, a common thing. So, we should think about, like, what represents that best. I think while Kirby Return to Dreamland is very, very fun with people, I think Kirby Return to Dreamland, when you have extra people there, I've never felt like the Kirby multiplayer is anything but just like having more people on screen. Like I don't really feel like you often have to work together to overcome things. Um, I often feel like it's you have a bunch of people there and you're kind of like just going through the level together and experiencing it together. Whereas I feel like Rayman Legends and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze challenge the players to have to work together to complete the platforming challenges. And for me, I think both of those games offer a much more rewarding and I don't want to say challenging, but like rewarding and like and offers more like focus on like teamwork than Kirby Return Dreamland does. Um, so for me, I think if I'm if I'm thinking about like which one represents the best of multiplayer 2D platforming, I would personally say it's Rayman Legends or Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. And I don't know if I'm... I'm not saying that Kirby Return Dreamland shouldn't be on the list. I personally don't know if I'm ready to put it on the list yet. Because it's... It, to me, I actually think that's one of the lower half of the games on here. Are we counting this as Return to Dreamland Deluxe? I would say yes. 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 Because if we do Deluxe, this is the entire Merry Megoland... That's not 2D platformers, though. That's just me. Yeah, yeah well, well, that's the thing that that's the that's kind of the gray area of, of making this list, right? Like, because it, because it's a genre essentials list, right? And we're we're arguing within a genre, and I like this kind of goes back to what I was saying about World versus Super Mario Bros. Three. Like, we have to just question. Like, I'm not saying it has to be one way or or the other. I don't want to create the, the the rules or limit anything, but it's just a question to ask, like. Kirby Return of Dreamland has these extra things, so it might make it a, for example, a better game than some of the other ones in this list, but does it make it a better 2D platformer? In that case, the Megalore epilogue could be considered, but not the party mode. You could consider it. It's up to you. If I had to say, hey, if you just love the genre and you want to just do platforming, then that stuff shouldn't count. Yeah, but at the same time, Yoshi's Island, Sonic Mania, and Shovel Knight Treasure Trove also have bonus games that aren't platforming-focused. I'm just saying Kirby offers a lot. It does. And albeit, it, it, you can't really get a lot out of Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe if you lack one thing, and that thing being friends. <laughs> right? So, like, well, if you have yeah. the friends to play it with, Return to Dreamland's a fantastic fun time. And Donkey Kong offers like a great experience also, but that's more of like a two-player couch co-op, right? 
I would say out of all these games, Kirby is the least fun to play by yourself. Yeah, Every like you game is perfect uh, in yeah. single player and in multiplayer if it offers multiplayer. Kirby is very chill, right? Like, and Kirby games are fantastic. I, I think what entices me, like, if we're looking at multiplayer, like, if we're just saying, like, okay, let's represent multiplayer right now on this list. Yeah, let's move it towards that instead of just being Kirby. Sure. So then the ones that offer multiplayer on this list, there's actually five of them. Um, there's Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. There's um, Rayman Legends. There's Kirby Return to Dreamland. Um, there's Sonic Mania. And there's Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Now, kind of going back to what I said before, I think that of all of those five games, the only two that offer the idea of teamwork and like having to work collaboratively to complete platforming challenges are Rayman Legends and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, in my opinion. In Shovel Knight and in Sonic Mania, you're basically just an extra person. You're kind of like supplementing the the player one. And in Kirby, it's just kind of like a free-for-all, and there, there doesn't need to be teamwork. You're just kind of all accomplishing everything together. Now, my argument is I think if we're purely thinking multiplayer and which one offers the best multiplayer experience i think it's donkey kong country tropical freeze and the reason i think that is because when you play donkey kong country tropical freeze by yourself donkey kong is attached to the characters of diddy dixie or cranky that have these unique abilities that help you get through the levels in unique ways however when you play separately the second player takes control of one of those characters and you and the second player do not have the same set of abilities. And you have to work with each other to complete the platforming because all the platforming is built around having the cooperation of Donkey Kong and his ally. And so when you separate them in a multiplayer setting, you actually have to rely on each other because you have different skills. It's not like Rayman Legends where if Geno's better than me, at the game, he can complete all the platforming challenges and I could get him to kind of carry me through it because we have the same subset of skills. Like, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze challenges both players to have to communicate and work in tandem because you can't complete the game as just Donkey Kong or as just Diddy Dixie Cranky. You need to work together. And also, just as a bit of a side thing, like, do you have the choice to play as Cranky Diddy Dixie? Yes, you do. Um, in the In the base game, like, if you play by yourself, you don't. And you, depending on the level you're in, is who you get. But in the multiplayer, it does let you choose whoever you would like to. But I, I might be wrong. Don't quote me on this one. Okay, because that's my only concern. Because like you could get soft locked if if that is the case. I don't want to invent a scenario. You never get soft locked. There, I, there's no. I I can remember the general experience of playing it, and there's no soft locking. I believe most of the platforming challenges, even though like for example like cranky would be better suited for this situation having any of the three can help you get through it like i don't think any of them like in the in the single player version they give you the one that's best equipped for it but in the multiplayer version all the challenges are built where cranky diddy or dixie can help you get through it but the the level of difficulty is dependent on which one you have because some of the some of them are catered toward one of the characters and if you have if you chose that character it's a bit easier yeah okay and there's no way to be like diddy and cranky no no it's it's one of the big characters donkey and or funky and one of the small characters diddy dixie cranky from what i did play of like even donkey kong country returns 
it was very fun. So if that game yeah. is anything like that, and it doesn't even like it does win the winter motif very well without dipping into Christmas. I feel like that's a good thing. It's leagues better than returns. Yeah, it's quite better than returns. And I love like the idea of like the final world is the first world of the first game of returns where like you go back to the DK Island. Like that's so cool. The snowmads are, or whatever, but like, I think tropical freeze should be one of the five games. Everything about that game is incredible. Like retro studios really hit it out of the park with that game. Like they put a permanent stamp on the donkey Kong franchise with that game. Like I feel like if that game came out now, like as like a brand new game, it would blow people away. But the fact that it first came out on Wii U kind of made it forgotten, but almost like it made it sort of like a hidden gem. And I still kind of think it is perceived to be a hidden gem a bit because I don't think the Switch version of the game did amazing. It did well. It did better than the Wii U version. But like I would still count it as somewhat of a, a hidden gem because like Donkey Kong never gets the same recognition of Mar as Mario or or even Kirby really like it. Donkey Kong to me is definitely like my personal favorite of the Nintendo platformers. I feel like Donkey Kong could go on like based on just off of that Donkey Kong could go on. But then like, oh, OK, would you also want to have ukulele at that same time then, at that point? I think what we have to consider, because like I actually when we went into this, I, I wasn't sure if I would have put Donkey Kong Country on this list. But I think what ultimately lands donkey kong spot on the five is what you brought up gino which is the multiplayer right like we can't not acknowledge that multiplayer 2d platformers are a thing now and if donkey kong country is like that's the reason i think it deserves to be on i think it is the best representation of what multiplayer in a 2d platformer can and should be and therefore that's why i think it's there like it has a ton of other reasons why it should be there it's also a stellar platformer like and it's incredible in so many ways, um, but it is also the best representation of multiplayer in a 2D platformer, I think. I can accept that. That's good. So I think it's okay to put it there, and I think that there's still a place potentially for a game that's similar like Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, but I think we should have those discussions. Um, but I do think, Mateo, we should. I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to maybe group them or even just go through which ones do we think we can remove, like maybe whittle down the shortlist a little bit more. And to be honest with you, when I look at Yoshi's Island and Return to Dreamland Deluxe, for sure Yoshi's Island's better than Return to Dreamland Deluxe, in my opinion. But Yoshi's Island isn't even my favorite Yoshi game. Yoshi's Woolly World is my favorite Yoshi game. And even at that, I don't see Yoshi in the same stratosphere as Mario or Donkey Kong, uh, as like a, just a, a game in general. Like Yoshi's Island's good. It's great even, but I don't think it's an essential platformer. I don't think it does anything wow. realistically any differently. Baby Mario really bothers me in those games, like getting hit and you have to run around and get Baby Mario. Like I was never really that big of a fan of that. And that's why I really like Wooly World more. I get what you're saying. I guess I have a bias for this game because Yoshi's Island is like, actually like I think for me is one of my essential 2d platformers. Like I actually think it's one of the best I actually think, and this is a very hot take, personally, if we're just going by like games, I think Yoshi's Island is better than Super Mario World. Now, that is just a personal opinion, but I also see where you're coming from. And if that's the case, if it's just my opinion that Yoshi's Island, because it, 
it it's not the game on this list I would fight for. So I'm okay taking it off if it's if it doesn't have a chance to make it onto this mm-hmm. list. Liking Woolly World is more controversial, but Yoshi's Island deserves to be on the short list. Like uh, I deserve to be nominated. But I think like if we have to cut one right now, I would cut Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe because I feel like we've exhausted that game. Maybe we cut both. Gino, what do you think? Uh, I'm okay. I'm not gonna be like oh how dare you or anything like that it's just one of those just like you know what you guys play way more games in this genre than i do i trust your opinion on this where like i have a lot of good memories with this game but that might not translate into like what everyone else's experiences like from a technical standpoint i played them because you guys were playing them and it was fun and i think the other thing to think about like with kirby and yoshi is both of those games are very chill and the series are very chill and the series I think when you think of like Mario or Donkey Kong, the average Mario and Donkey Kong 2D platformer, I mean, okay, Mario is a little bit more muddied because it had four in a Super Mario Bros. game, but let's just pretend those are all one game. The average 2D Mario and Donkey Kong are exceptional. And then there's the ones that are like masterpieces, and then there's the ones that are middling, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the average Kirby and Yoshi tend to be more like great. And then the the really good ones are like really good games, probably on the level of like some of the Mario and Donkey Kongs. But I don't know if either of them, from what I'm hearing, at least from your perspective, because I thought Yoshi's Island hit this height, but but that seems to just be an isolated opinion. But but for the most part, the series, I don't think I don't think its highs are as highs as as the highs of Mario and Donkey Kong is where where I'm getting at. And so yeah. I think it's okay to say like, okay, these games are fantastic. We've recommended them, but they they don't sit with the games that we've already put down there. Okay. Um, yep. In that case, we can continue because we have seven games and we have three spots. So it's, again, a question of what do we think represents this list in a diverse way and which ones are the essentials? So for clarification, are we counting Shovel Knight or Shovel Knight Treasure Trove? I guess that's what you have to ask yourself, right? Like, if we considered Kirby's Dreamland, a Return to Dreamland Deluxe, I feel like it's safe to include Treasure Trove. Yeah, the the thing is, like, if you bought Shovel Knight when it came out as Shovel Knight, then you have Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. The only way to get the campaign separately is to buy them separately, right? Like, so if you had not bought Shovel Knight when Shovel Knight first came out, then they released like. Spectre of Torment as a standalone and the 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 multiplayer mode as a standalone that you didn't even have to buy Shovel Knight to play, but like most people who own Shovel Knight have access to all the content. It took a while to come out, but like now, like if you buy Shovel Knight, you have the, the full treasure trove. So I, I do think you should consider the full treasure trove. Well, in that case, in terms of value, I think it's by far there's the most amount of content in that game than there than any of the other games on this list. That has to be worth something. So it definitely is. Um, and it's hit or well, I was gonna say it's hit or miss, but I don't even think it's that miss. Like I think the miss is that Plague Knight's campaign is the same game as Shovel Knight's campaign. Like in terms of the levels are the same, but you're playing as a different character that has different mechanics. Versus Specter Knight and King Knight are are the same themes for their levels, but like a very different campaign with a very different set of platforming challenges. So, you know, like I like the thing at the end of the day is I have a massive bias towards Shovel Knight. 
So I, I'm, of course, happy to put it on this list, and I personally do believe it should be on this Essentials list, but I, I also don't want to push too hard for it because I know I'm the only one who's fully played it. I attribute Shovel Knight with this sort of renaissance of 2D platformers that we're in right now. Even though I didn't finish the game, I know so many people that love this game. Even in the industry, it's like seen as this darling of a game. It's like Shovel Knight is the indie, right? Everyone was playing it when it came out. And indie games are what kept this genre going, even though there was less of the big companies putting out these games. Like Capcom does not make 2D platformers anymore, and they made all these amazing 2D platformers in the classic era. And I just think that from a historical, like important standpoint and from a content standpoint, it would be kind of silly to not have Shovel Knight on the list. That's a very good point. It is one of those kind of like super influential games of our of our generation. And it, it was the catalyst for a lot of people to dip into the indie space. Mm-hmm. And like Shovel Knight and Mega Man are very similar types of platformers. I feel like for for those types of platformers, like an action platformer almost, yeah. I feel like what I've played of Shovel Knight was more memorable than what I played of Mega Man. Well, see, that's what that was the pitch I was going to make. And like, I know this is going to be controversial. And I know if we had Riley here, for example, he would... He would be frothing. He would be, yeah, he would not be <laughs> happy that I was saying this. Um, because I think he would have a different opinion. I think he would agree that Shovel Knight should be on this list because he's played Shovel Knight with me and he really enjoys Shovel Knight. However, I was going to say when I was going to pitch Shovel Knight to you guys to be on this list, I was going to say that I feel... Because Shovel Knight is heavily inspired by Mega Man and it does scratch the same itch as Mega Man. And so I was going to say that I think that only one of the two should be on here and I was going to push Shovel Knight, not Mega Man 3, because I do think Shovel Knight is taking all the best parts of the classic Mega Man games, revamping them and making something that is truly, truly special. And not to say Mega Man 3 isn't a masterpiece and an exceptional game, but just like with Super Mario Bros. 3, it will always be one of those games that's like, like Mega Man in general will always be one of those games that's like the core of where this genre started. However, if we want to create a diverse enough list, I was going to say maybe we drop Mega Man 3 if Shovel Knight goes on, which I again, I think Riley would be like, both of them should be on, which I I think it is kind of like, it's going to be strange if we don't have Mega Man on the list, but I also don't like the boxes of like, okay, we have to have Mario and Donkey Kong and Sonic and Mega Man just because they're yeah. the ones who started it. Yeah. So I do think that Mega Man's one of the ones where I'm like, you done good because you inspired games that took your concept and made it even better. Yeah. And Shovel Knight is that game. Mm-hmm. As sad as I'm sorry, Mega Man fans, Shovel Knight is a better Mega Man game. What about the g- other games that you've played, Jules? Like with Braid and Celeste, like where do you see those? I, I feel strongly about both. I think they're both very exceptional games for very different reasons. Because I'm the only one who knows anything about them, I'm just going to whittle it down right now. Like, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that the one that I keep has to go on to this list. Um, but I'm going to remove Braid because I, I'm going to be conscious of the fact that we're making this together. I'm the only one who's played these two games. And if I'm looking at both those games, like, 
they're not both going to get on this list if even one of them does, because that's not fair for me to then have ha- more than half the list be only games I've exclusively played. So I, I will say, because I do believe Celeste is one of the best platformers of all time, precision platformers specifically, that I, I think Celeste should continue to be in the discussion. Whereas Braid, I'm like, I can leave that one for now. Like, I, I love it. I still recommend it to anybody to play, but um, I'm going to acknowledge that this is a collaborative list, and I, I can't, I don't want to be making, at least not this genre. Let's be, let's be real. When we get to later genre essentials, I may be pushing a little harder for games that only I've played, but for this one, we've all played a lot of them, and so therefore I, I'm not going to push every single game I've played. Right. Also, I don't think I would put Braid on here. Based off those five that are left, I would put probably all four of the ones remaining higher than Braid. Sonic Mania, Ukulele, and the Impossible Layer, Rayman Legends, and Celeste are the, the remaining four. I will. Uh, I have one thing to say. So remember what the, what the founding principle of what the Essentials list is and who our target audience is. People that may not be gamers or people that... Uh... That may not, not be in true. this, or like, no, if no, you're, no, if you're no. to play these games for the first time, like even going back to like okay, like when we were talking about our console ones, right? Like the console ones, right? For the Nintendo things, like if you have not played on this console, or if, if you are a new player, like what would you recommend to someone? Sure, but that was for the console ones. These these are more of a representation of the genre than of the console. Okay, but still by the my still by this principle, like would you recommend someone? Hey, you've never played a two D platformer before, or if you haven't played a two D platformer in a long time, would you recommend them precision platforming? Well, that's the thing is I don't think I'm recommending somebody who doesn't play two D platformers. I think I'm more just saying if you're in the mood for a two D platformer and you've played two D platformers, here's some good ones to play, and here's the ones that I think best represent the series i i understand where you're coming from precision platforming is um is definitely a niche and it's not everybody's taste yeah it's it's one of those types of genres as well that's just like it infuriates me because i'm like i'm getting punished because i didn't push the button at this specific millisecond or this specific frame yes and and I'll be honest with you, I I get why that is frustrating for people. And you know what? Like, as somebody who played through Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels, which is lots of precision platforming, and I love that game, one of the unfortunate parts about precision platforming is the frustration. It is the, oh my god, I'm doing this, and I'm messing up, and I just can't get this right. And that, that's actually why I like Celeste, because... Like I said, with Super Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy and Celeste are similar in the sense that they're not asking you to go through a whole level without making a mistake. The problem with something like Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels or like my Mario Maker levels that I make is you have to do these long periods of level without a checkpoint that if you mess up, you have to start over and then you get to a point where it's like, okay, now I have to redo this part that I can do in order to get to the part that I'm having struggle, like I'm struggling with. And then when I get to the part that I'm struggling with, I've already spent so much time doing the previous thing that like I'm not as like refined or ready to do it. So I don't feel like I'm learning. Whereas Celeste really cuts that out. Like Celeste is literally like a checkpoint after every single individual challenge. So in that sense, it really gives you the room of like going and going and going until you perfect it without the need of like, oh, I messed up. Now I have to go back to the checkpoint, work my way up to that precision piece 
and then do mm-hmm. it. And that's why I appreciate Celeste because Celeste, even though it's super hard, it's not punishing in the sense that it's not like shaming you or making you feel bad for dying. It like very much from the beginning, like tells you like, you're going to die a lot. Like that's just kind of what this that's game is. is. Like keep going. Like you're climbing a mountain and it's like you eventually you'll reach the summit and let that's literally the story. And that's literally what they kind of, imprint in you and then it gives you it's very forgiving in the sense that it's like once you complete the challenge okay you hit the checkpoint you're good now you're on to the next one so as soon as you beat it you're done like you don't have to go back and redo the other one and that's what i like about celeste is because even though it's very very hard and like yeah you might spend like 10 15 minutes on one challenge it's just the one challenge you like once you're through it you're through it yeah, but then there's another ten or fifteen minutes with the next challenge, and it just duh. yes, yes, and yes. So I get it; it's a niche. Yeah, when Mateo and I, when we were playing through Mario Wonder, right, the final final level in the game is very much just a gauntlet using badges and stuff, uh, like the different badges and stuff. Because like Mateo and I, like when we were playing through that, it was just like, oh, okay, we only ever used the the parachute hat, and we didn't really experiment yeah, with any of the other same, ones. And now same, same, same suddenly we have to go through this entire thing. And it was kind of like one of those like super meat boy or Celeste kind of gauntlets. And we're like, dang, this is ridiculous. But, but he, see, even with that one, let me, so let me like, let me frame this for it, you. It didn't give you the checkpoint. It would have been much more bearable if it was, yeah, the if it was a checkpoint. Yeah. Of every single badge challenge was its own checkpoint. Right. Cause like one of the ones that I know where you got stuck. Cause I was stuck on the same part. It was like, it was like the, the running one into the, the the vine grabbing one into, into the, the invisibility. invisibility one right and so i would most often die on the vine or the invisibility but then what would happen is that like i die on the vine like process okay this is what i need to do next time i i do this but then i'd have to go do that previous platforming challenge before i get there and by the time i get there i'm kind of like out of practice enough that the precision isn't like fully working and then i do it i mess up the same way and i'm like okay i need to remember to do this next time but then i die a couple times on the previous one because i'm frustrated and then it just like all piles up right whereas that's what i appreciate about celeste it's like it's not making me go redo the previous one like it's recognizing like okay keep doing this till you can get it right i have beef with precision platforming yeah i'm not saying celeste necessarily should be on in my personal list celeste would be on but but in defense of precision platforming i do think celeste while it is probably the toughest precision platformer out there it's also the best at encouraging you to keep going until you figure it out. Like it, it's very forgiving in the checkpoints. It's not forgiving in its platforming. What about the two sort of games that we defined sort of as like the, the hidden gems of this list, like Rayman legends and ukulele and the impossible lair. I feel like we should give Rayman some time in the sun because it's one of those games where just like not a lot of people picked it up. And because it's just so weird, wacky and fun, it should be, represented somewhere yeah i i mean i don't even think it's for that reason i don't think it's because rayman needs time in the shun i like i said when we came up with this idea rayman legends was already on my top five like i was already like rayman legends is an essential platformer and i actually think like we haven't gotten to it yet i haven't felt like i need to say it but i honestly think of these four games the only one i'm confident collectively that we like i i feel comfortable enough saying like I believe this should be on not just because I believe it, but because I think it is it is the truth and because I think that you guys will probably agree is Rayman Legends. I think Rayman Legends is 
is a very, very deserving platformer. I think it is strange. It is wacky. It is unique. It is fun. It is challenging, but not too challenging. And the platforming is diverse enough that it 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 almost feels like a Sonic game that's not too fast. I think that's actually a good way to think about it. I just think like the most fun I've had in a 2D platformer, maybe ever, are those musical levels in Rayman yeah. Legends. So good. So oh, good. Blues. Eye of the Tiger. Like, those are so yeah, fun. They're so fun. They're so good. Fantastic. <sighs> and this game is good multiplayer and single player. I've played it through with people, and I've done it by myself. And it's, it's, it's a great game. It is fantastic. And it's not just Rayman Legends. It's also Rayman Origins. They're both really good. I played Origins first, then Legends. So and for I me, like I, I love them both. But I do agree with you, like, Legends improves on a lot of Origins. Those two games, Origins and Legends, I feel like the leap is just as monumental as Donkey Kong Country Returns to Tropical Freeze. It's not like the first game is bad, it's just the sequels just built upon almost everything in the predecessor. But I kind of of agree with you. I I think Legends should be on the list. Okay. Uh, Are we in agreement then? I can throw Marayman Legends. Yep. That's four. It's only one left now. And there's three very deserving games here. Sonic Mania, Ukulele, and the Impossible Lair and Celeste. I didn't think it would come down to these three for the last spot. <laughs> um, you guys haven't played Celeste, so I, I ultimately am going to I'm ultimately going to acknowledge that. And I will be forthcoming in that if this was my personal list, Celeste would be this fifth one. And I actually think that this list would be very representative of what I believe. But I also want to say that I am fully comfortable with any three of these games taking this last slot because I think all of them are great. I think Ukulele is a bit of an underdog and like not a lot of people know about it, um, but it's still so fundamentally amazing, like incredible. I think Sonic is super impactful and important to the genre and Sonic Mania is Sonic at its best. And I think and Celeste the fans again, winning. That's the most yeah. important thing. It's the yeah, fans and I think, know what they want to play. Exactly. And I think Celeste is a technical feat of like, this is what platforming is at its very, very peak of technical precision and doing so in a way that is encouraging you to continue to try. And so like, I I think all three of these games are very exceptional games and could take this final spot. So are we cutting Celeste then just because Gino and I haven't played it? That's up to you two. If you two do feel like um, especially because you guys haven't played Shovel Knight and we did put Shovel Knight on. If you two feel like like realistically like like you wouldn't compromise on putting Celeste on, like let's remove it because I'm comfortable putting the other two on. Right. Jules, I will I will be forth uh, forthcoming in this right now. I have not finished any of these games. I have not played Celeste. I have not finished Shovel Knight and Sonic Mania. I maybe played like one or two levels of. And ukulele, you didn't play, I think. Did not play at all. Yeah. Yeah, and I've only not played Celeste. Yeah, so we can remove Celeste. Again, I'm going to say, like, had this been my personal list, Celeste would have been the fifth. Um, But that's fine. It's a collaborative list. So that puts us between Sonic Mania and ukulele in the Impossible Lair. This is so tough. It is very tough. I think out of any of the uh, essentials that we've made, and, like, like, it always comes down to, like, two games, obviously, but this is arguably one of the the toughest final decisions I think we've ever had to make. Yeah, it is. 
I feel like we've barely talked about either of these games realistically. Like, I do have one point to make. If you didn't back Ukulele, you would not have gotten Impossible Lair. I don't think that's really relevant, though. I'm going to be honest, Gino. Sure, you can say if you didn't back Ukulele, Ukulele and Impossible Lair would have happened. But if I didn't buy years and years of terrible Sonic games, Sonic Mania also wouldn't have happened. This is very so, true. Um, ultimately, I think there's there are pros and cons to putting either yeah. of these on the list. I think like the pros of Sonic Mania ultimately are like its replayability is super high. It is a an anniversary game in the sense that it's like very representative of of its history. And Sonic obviously is a, an icon within this genre. I mean, offers something fairly unique within um, the genre. But I think the cons of Sonic Mania are that putting it on might feel a little bit like we are just trying to appease this idea of like the icons have to go on. Another con I think of Sonic Mania is that in terms of challenge, it isn't as it is like, it doesn't do anything that's like that new compared to the games that came before it. And it's not that challenging. And I also think that another con probably for Sonic Mania um, for some people is that Sonic platformers in general sometimes feel like you don't have to platform a whole ton you do at certain points but like there definitely isn't as much platforming in sonic as there is in something like ukulele which is based off classic donkey kong games um and you already have a donkey kong game on this list yeah well that's the thing the pros of ukulele are that it offers challenge it's very unique and how it approaches things, it scratches the kind of classic Donkey Kong itch. But some of the cons are it doesn't have that icon value, right? Like it doesn't. It's not a, like this impactful game to the genre in the same way that like Sonic is this icon. There is a Donkey Kong Country game on the list, so are we putting two things that are too similar? And then also, I just think the impossible layer of it all could be a pro or a con. Like you could call the impossible layer a pro because it's so challenging, but you also call it a con because it's like, well, is it too challenging? Like, is it too frustrating? Like, because like, I didn't beat it either. Like, I'll be forthcoming in that. I beat Celeste, and I didn't beat a ukulele in the Impossible Lair. I, to be fair, that's also because a game came out when I was doing the Impossible Lair, so I gave up earlier than I would have if I had spent more time. I probably would have beaten it with enough time, but it is very challenging. Like, the average player probably would not beat the Impossible Lair. Just the thing I really love about, like I said, I love the hub world of Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, the world map. I just love the exploration that is in, in all those levels. Like you have, like there's, you get all the quills, there's the pages. I think the Ghost Riders are in that as well. Like just finding all the secrets within each level is so fulfilling. And it's more exploratory than Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is. But then on the other hand, you kind of do that in Sonic as well with the bonus levels trying to get the Chaos Emeralds. But at least I find that in Sonic, if you blink, you'll miss it, right? Like you have to, you, you can either play the levels extremely fast and go for the high, the fastest time. Or if you want to be exploring, it kind of defeats the purpose of a Sonic game to not run fast. If that makes sense, like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Sonic is all about contrary, go fast. See, contrary to popular belief, me and Phil just had this discussion. Our friend Phil, who maybe one day will be on our podcast, he's fantastic. Um, because he's a big Sonic fan. We were talking about Sonic Superstars, and one of IGN's big like 
cons to that game is it's not fast enough. And me and Phil were sitting down as people who've played a lot of Classic Sonic, and we're like, but Classic Sonic isn't fast. Like, speed is there, but it's not about speed. Like, actually, Sonic didn't become about... Like, the whole idea of gotta go fast originated with the adventure games, and that wasn't even implemented that much into the games. That was more into just, like, the marketing and the shows and stuff. Like, he's always been a fast character, but the uh, the classic games are not about speed. Actually, the modern games are the ones that are about speed, like Unleashed and uh, Generations and, and Colors and stuff. Like, those yeah. games are about, like, literal speed. But, like, Sonic Mania is very representative of what Sonic 1, 2, and 3 and Knuckles are, which is, yes, there are you can go fast through certain things. There's the loops, there's the, the speeders, but there are a lot of, like, legitimate platforming spots where you do, you are going slow you're just like you're walking and you're jumping and you're you're jumping on platforms and it, there are slower yeah. points and like most I, sonic games are like that actually the classic ones the issue i have probably is just because i just don't like the way sonic controls when he's just walking he feels so sluggish and he feels really heavy whereas when sonic is running real fast in the game right like when you're when you're at top speed I feel like that's when Sonic feels the most unique. It's like going through the loops and and going over the springs and the the jumps and all that. Like I feel like that is where I get my the most enjoyment out of Sonic platformers is when I'm not exploring. If that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, that that's fair. It's a coin flip. It may be because Ukulele is influenced by so many different franchises. I don't know. Like I love Donkey Kong Country. There's it like ukulele have a really diverse move set in impossible lair which is the banjo kazooie influence whereas sonic mania is the best 2d sonic game i i it's really tough for me to decide like i wish Listen, these games I'm... went up against any other one and i would have had a yeah. unanimous decision these two games are so close in my internal rankings uh. that like i don't know what to do <laughs> and listen, this is this is what I'm going to say. This is where I'm going to come from because I just think we could debate this all night. But we, I think we've reached the natural conclusion. We just kind of have to choose one. And this is where I'm going to come from with this one. I have talked about Sonic Mania a lot. I've talked about how great Sonic Mania is. It's my favorite game. We had so many Sonic podcasts about how Sonic Mania is one of the best games in its series and sonic is super influential to 2d platforming i talked about it in my top 10 games like it's very well known that i love sonic mania and if i'm being honest i do think sonic mania is very representative of this genre that being said i want to be unapologetically who we are as the hub world and i think in the past we have felt the need to check off boxes that fit with what we think most gamers would consider to be essential. And Sonic Mania is that game. But the hub world loves ukulele and the hub world loves Banjo-Kazooie. And that is our brand. And you ain't going to hear that ukulele in the Impossible Lair is an essential 2D platformer anywhere else but here. And ukulele in the Impossible Lair is an essential 2D platformer. I was beautifully said. I was going to give my vote to Sonic. Because, like, I played more of it, and it was really fun. But okay, I'll take that. I feel like the surprise, though, of Ukulele and the Impossible Lair can't go without being yes. said. Like, That's we what have it to is. stress it... that like, this game, like, people were 
like had their minds made up about this game because of the original ukulele. And then when this game came out, it blew everyone away. And yet still no one talks about it. It wasn't even because of like, for me at least, because I liked the original ukulele. For me, it wasn't even that it, that the original ukulele was whatever people thought it was. It wasn't good, apparently, um, which I disagree. But for me, it was like, who asked for this? For me, I remember when they announced it, I was like, are you serious? I'm like, people complained about ukulele, so you decided to just change its genre? And I was mad. I was like, this isn't what I want. Like, I'm like, I'll play it, but like, this isn't what I want. I want another 3D platformer. And I remember being at PAX. I remember sitting down and trying this game because we're like, ah, there's there's nothing else like to really play. Let's go try ukulele in the Impossible Air. And I remember being like blown away by it at PAX and being like, holy crap, this game is really good. I can't wait till it comes out. And then playing it when it came out and like messaging you and being like, this game is incredible. Like that, like I was like really like, it was a shock how good this game was. Like it was, it was authentic. And like, it shouldn't have been because this is the same creators of Donkey Kong country. And I think Donkey Kong country, like, like for me, I didn't have Tropical Freeze on my shortlist. I had Donkey Kong Country 2 on my shortlist because I prefer classic Donkey Kong Country. And so for me, Ukulele in the Possible Lair is that itch of the classic Donkey Kong Country. Because I, I think that they're some of the most fundamental core games to three, uh, 2D platforming. And I do think Ukulele, like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is kind of like, one avenue of what Donkey Kong Country could become from another developer who's like, oh, let's take this but make it our own. But Ukulele, The Impossible Lair is like, what if the people who did make those games made another one? And what would they do? How would they improve it? And they, sure, you could say some things about them are a little bit similar, but I do think they're very different games. Mm -hmm. Very, very different games. And I think Ukulele, The Impossible Lair is something unlike the rest of these games because one thing that all these games don't have that ukulele and the impossible lair has is ukulele and the impossible lair is it's almost like a trial like the whole game you are practicing the vast variety of platforming challenges in all these little levels so that when you go to the impossible lair you have to be good at all of them to get mm-hmm. through it because it's a big level and it literally pulls everything from the whole game and you have to master everything from the whole game to be able to complete it. It is the ultimate true testament to how good you are at the game and it's something that I feel other games are missing. Like that that's what Mario Wonder for me, right? Like I did the the Star World and I came away still thirsty being like I don't think they went far enough with these concepts because they could have challenged me more with them and sure like some of the later donkey kong and shovel knight and rayman levels are tough but there's still these short levels that maybe only focus on like one aspect of the platforming or one type of challenge whereas ukulele the impossible lair it really is like the journey is preparing you for the end game and the end game is tough but it's it's rewarding so i I do think actually like now after talking about it i do think that this game deserves to be our last one that was wonderfully said jules it's a very good game now i want to go replay it actually (laughs) there you you go you got to come over to my house and beat the impossible lair for me also (laughs) sure because yeah i i i think that's one of the things because now that we talked about it i'm like i need to beat this game but that's the thing about this game right like i wouldn't be able to go and beat the impossible lair right now 
because it requires you to be seasoned and well practiced. So I will have to go and replay the whole game. Um, so our just to remind everybody, our final list of the five essential 2D platforming games are Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, Rayman Legends, and Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Um, you heard it here first at the Hub World, folks. Now, this is going to become a series for us. We're going to do this again in the future. I think the next two we're going to do is we're going to finish up the platforming genre. We're going to do 3D platformers, and we're going to do Metroidvanias. Um, we may have some guests pop in for those ones, other than just us three. But we're excited to do as many of the genres as we can, and we may even have some other essentials lists up our sleeve as well coming up. Um, but that does bring us to the end of today's quest. So if you liked what you heard today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button. Um, or if you want to tell us what your favorite 2D platformer is, did you agree? Did you disagree? Do you have one that we forgot um, or one that you can recommend to us? Let us know. Um, and let us know if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes or a genre you would like us to see debate the essentials for. Um, leave us a comment. We'll see you next time at the Hub, and I'll let Mateo sign us out. Microsoft, make a new banjo game. See you, everybody. Woo-hoo!